Uh, we're close enough. We clapped. Cool. I think I did it a little late anyway. You know what? It's not my problem. Hi, Fletch. Hello, welcome to Three Through the Decade Cast, a camera retrospective through the lens of decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And plot device, plot device, plot device, I'm somehow back. I don't know I don't know what the lore I, was for me being gone. I guess by going into I have died recently, but my minions who sleep in my dragon castle uh poured a bunch of rose petals on me and I'm good now, thanks. What was the Kiva what was the Zio episodes that you watched? Was it um Kabuto? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. I was just stuck being really, really fast and then I fixed it. Oh. <laughs> Those Kabuto episodes were pretty fun, but they were exactly like the Hibiki episodes. Yeah. It was halfway between the Hibiki episodes and the Agito episodes. I mean, both those sets were good, so that's probably fine. It's true. It's just, they. it yeah. seems like they really liked doing that thing, and we're like, let's do it again. Which is fine. We're here to talk about Kiva. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, we are talking about Kiva this week. Yep. Oh. Uh, we watched episodes 17 and 18. Uh, episode 17 is Lesson My Way, and episode 18, because I'm going to forget to say it at some point, is called Quartet, Listen to Your Heart's Voice. Yes. These are the episodes where Wataru gets so fucking tired of hanging around Nago all the time that he almost ends the show. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's more he gets tired of getting his shit kicked in by Nago, but I mean... Your answer is good too. Nago getting beaten up by Nago, whatever. Just having to be around him is I a mean, huge drag. Considering the fact that Nago has deteriorated into running around screaming one word over and over. Button! And, and the word is button. Button. Uh, Nago is a hero in this series, everybody. Is he? <laughs> are, are we sure? I about like this? how he straight up gets arrested. Again? Yeah. We'll get there. We gotta get to... Uh... He assaults the police officers like, Hey, hey, you you can't arrest me. And they're like, yeah, we can. We'll, we'll get there. We gotta start with uh, Wataru's... Well... This is pretty light old part, the, the set, yeah, honestly. There, there's, yeah. there's just a little bit. The, fir- the first thing that happens in the old part is, uh, is Wataru's dad is playing his violin on a roof. And uh, Yuri shows up and is like, hey, I have a violin student I want you to teach. I have a use for your skills for once. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why Yuri is so worried about this girl. Other I was also unclear on that. Like, like, was Yuri a tutor or something? And we just haven't seen her do that in a long time and I forgot. A or... friend of an acquaintance. Yeah, it's... Oh, okay. That's, That's what they say. I guess it's it's a thing where probably she was gossiping with her, or she's just talking with her friend. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, we've got this. So it's, I've got this friend whose daughter's really good at violin, but she's been having problems. And Yuri's just like, oh, wait, I actually know a violin player. Of course, that does imply that she told somebody that she thought that Wataru was, that, uh, that Wataru's dad was good at something, which I find it hard to believe. Well, I mean, like, every... Everybody in the show has unanimously agreed that he is actually good at violin. 
I suppose that's true, yeah. Every time someone hears him play violin, they're like, oh, this almost makes up for the rest of your personality. Almost. <laughs> yeah, and like, at the end of this episode, the girl's just like, man, I'm never gonna be good at violin. It's like, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so Yuri goes up, says, hey, I wanted, uh, want you to teach this girl, or yeah, teach this girl so she can get ready for and pass this audition. And Atoya's response is, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, if you go on a date with me. And Yuri agrees. Because <laughs> she's a good person? B- because mm. because he's gullible and she's done this, she's like done this thing before where she promised to go on a date with him. <gasps> yeah. I do like this scene where at, right after he's suggested it, they're walking off the rooftop and she's a little bit behind him so she can't see his face. And he suggested, you'll go on a date with me. And he starts getting the look on his face of like, oh, fuck, did I? Oh, shit, is this going to work? Oh, is this? Oh, 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 yes, yes, it worked. Ha, 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 Yeah, that is pretty good. And so the next little bit is Atoya and Yuri getting to the little girl's house. And Atoya busts in through the door going, hey. Well, no, he sees the kids. first trap and then he busts in through the door. And falls for the second through fourth trap. Well, first he starts downstairs doing this monster. Oh, bit, yeah. Because well, they play like a, a spooky monster theme, which is kind of a, a cute joke. Yeah. But yes, then he goes up to the where he sees the girl like just eating something and reading in a chair. And she set up a trap above, which he uh, dodges through and then proceeds to immediately step in the second traps that the girl has also set up. She uses the banana. She slipped on a banana. I didn't realize it was a banana the first time. Right, right. He he steps in a steps in a bucket, and then a banana comes out, and he slips on the banana, and then he wants to murder this kid. Get it? Cause cause he's a monkey. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't get that actually. I just made that up right now. Did they did they see throughout these two episodes that this girl that this kid was archery girl and I just didn't notice? I didn't notice till the very end of the next episode, it, and then I'm like, okay. oh, I I literally oh. didn't notice until they match cut them toward the end of the episode they, eighteen, they and I was like, oh, well. they never. I, I felt I felt like there was probably hints that I missed, but I didn't actually like notice them or anything. There were a couple hints, but I don't think they ever named the little girl right up until the end. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I don't feel as bad then. <laughs> but basically, Atoya comes in and basically starts pestering this girl about like, hey, no, wait, no, guess what? I'm going to be your teacher. I'm a man chosen by God. So here, no, get up, get up, get up. Pick, play your violin. Play it. Pick it up. Do it. Do it! <laughs> and then he's like, you suck. Yeah, she plays. Yeah, she plays like a th- like 30 seconds of music. And then he's like, you suck. You're never going to be good at this. <laughs> And it's, she's actually, you know, she's, she has some skill to it, but he just, yeah, he immediately goes, well, you suck, but I'm going to make you good so you can pass the audition so I can go on a date with Yuri. I, I think it's kind of interesting because, um, I think we're supposed to assume that he, he reacted to the fact that I think she, she messes up a note or something and we're supposed to react to that. But if you watch it again, I think he's actually can immediately tell that she does not care. Oh about yeah, this. no, it's that's definitely it. Yeah, uh, like the whole thing is set up as like Atoya knows exactly what he wants to do and it kind of just falls into place. Yeah. Right, right. 
But uh, so after basically continuing to abrade this little girl, she just goes, "Hey, no, screw you," and runs off. And Yuri forces Atoya to go after her. And they're running along. They it, it, scene cuts to where they're running along a river embankment. And Atoya's following. He's like, "Hey, I found you, my student." Now come here and jump into your teacher's arms. This is just like one of my animes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, I, I thought she was going to kick him in the balls, honestly. Nah. But uh, nah, she she kicks him right in the chest and he like falls down a hill. And uh, it's all wacky for a second there. Yeah. It, Otoya is treating this just like, oh my god, this girl is so silly. I'm going to have fun with this. And he's running after her screaming, this is youth. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's weird. He he doesn't seem to like he he doesn't seem to be respecting that she has any emotional investment in the situation at all. But you know that's Atoya. You know, he is doing it on purpose. Right. He he is kind of like playing around to yeah, kind yeah, of he, lure her into this personal revelation. Yeah. For this entire situation, he is act. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is working towards a specific reaction out of this girl, in a very roundabout way, but it does work. So yeah, Atoya in a nutshell. Yeah. Right, right. So this girl keeps uh, so, running. Yeah, he, they have a brief conversation where they're like, hey, I'm going to get you to pass this audition, but first, let's go to the cafe. Yeah, well, it's they're running, and he's like, hey, no, I want you to pass your audition. You're blooming with talent. I lied before. And the girl's <laughs> like, no, shut up. You're li- you just want to go on your date. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> and and he's like, yes, I do. So you're going to pass. Yeah, it's like, it'll work for both of us. Come on. That's bonsai for both of us. Stomach grumble. (laughs) Yeah. She's, of course, how do you do that? And yes, then her stomach grumbles and they go get some food at Cafe Maldemore. I like how the the girl calls Maldemore a shabby cafe and the owner's is like, excuse me? And then immediately turns to Atoya and goes, hey, so when are you going to pay your bill? Okay, time to settle your bill, bud. <gasps> Bringing smart-ass kids in here, making fun of my food. Time to pay up. So then Atoya does the, the Mr. Miyagi giving her uh, menial tasks. <laughs> yeah, makes her go clean the toilet. I, I, I like how it seems like he thinks... Or he's trying to play this off like he's Mr. Miyagiing her, but everyone knows it's bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. But I was just sitting here like, wait a minute, is the cafe owner really going to let him force her to clean a toilet? Yes, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yes, the cafe owner does let Atoya force this girl to go clean a toilet. It's you know weird, because like... Like, do ev- something, dude. It's weird, because like everybody thinks Atoya's just like, that it's bullshit, but like... Isn't he just, like, doing it to build character, and it's not bullshit in that respect? <laughs> in a sense, yeah. I mean, kind of. It's like a weird thing where they where they all think it's bullshit because he made it up, but he made it up for the reason, for, for like, another reason. Yeah. He made it up on the spot, but, you know, it, it doesn't mean it's bullshit. Right. But yet we had also learned during this moment where the girl is eating, she's explaining that, so both my parents are famous violinists, so if I want to become a violinist, I have to pass this audition tomorrow. It's super important, as I have to do it. 
but uh, she doesn't get to do that, so she goes and she goes and washes toilets to, to pass yep. the audition. And then Jiro comes in, and then somehow a, a pool match is set up for well, it's... for Ixa. Well, first they wave around a plunger inside a restaurant, which is implied was just in a toilet. Yeah, uh, which is deeply upsetting to me. Yeah, Yuri comes back to the cafe, and she's like, "Wait a minute, uh, Toya, what are you what are you doing here? Where's where's the girl?" And both Otoya and the owner are like, oh, yeah, no, she's cleaning the toilets. <laughs> They're super chill about it. <laughs> and as soon as Yuri goes and tries to find the girl, the girl comes out and is like, hey, man, why did you make me clean a toilet? This was bullshit. <laughs> but yes, then Jiro shows up. Yep, and then they argue, and then they're going to have a pool match to to decide who gets Ixa. Yeah. How how did they start having the pool match? By the way, I, I there was just a cut. Okay. Well, it's Atoya had basically just came over and said, "Hey, give me Ixa back. You just stole it." There's a, a a scene in here when um the little girl sees Jiro for the first time. Uh, he he stares at her and she stares at him and she says, "Who are you?" And he, he, uh, there's like a wolf howl noise in the soundtrack, and he just turns back around without answering her. He's lone wolf. Uh, when I was watching this, Rachel interpreted that as it being like a weird romantic thing, and I was like, no, honey, he, he's just actually a wolf person. Yeah. <laughs> They're not doing like a weird cartoon wolf thing. <laughs> he's just literally a wolf. Yep. The re- I believe the reason they go is uh, Atoya cha- says basically give Ixa back and Jiro challenges him to pool because with how Jiro acts when they're playing pool and how good at pool he is, I think he's just assuming like it's going to be no challenge at all, so whatever. Right. Yeah, it- he challenges him to a duel. He says take it back with your own power. Yeah. So yeah, they- I guess they just decided on this is the duel between sequences. Yeah, nine ball pool. Yep, and we don't, we don't get to see that till next episode yeah that's oh really do they not do that until the next one yeah yep. it's in the next episode oh that's a shame because i really like the, the the pool sequence is really fun it is but yeah that's past for this episode it's there's not much going on but because it's, it's super focused on the future yeah yep and i'm thinking the further we go into this i'm wondering if it'll get to a point where we may just want to talk about the episode all the way through I don't know, maybe. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, so in the future, Jiro has basically yeah taken uh, Atoya... Wataru. Watoru. Watoya has taken Wataru... Okay, got it. ...into a big white room and covered them in rose petals. So like from the heal. opening! Yeah. Right, right. Um... Mer- mermaid boy brings up like uh we could murder him and leave you know and they're like we're not gonna do that we promised a toya and i'm like wait hold up a sec how did that happen yeah i'm really i'm that's like one of the mysteries that i am actually interested yeah. in like what in the world does a toya do that how gives jiro enough respect for him that he would like keep a commitment to him i can't know. wait for it to fall flat on its face yeah it's gonna I, be... he's probably gonna like dramatically sacrifice himself or something and uh but apparently wataru isn't completely unconscious he overhears jiro's statement about a promise to Otoya. 
And then he's starting to wake up in the Rose Room, and oh nope, he and he sees the three tools, and then oh nope, he wakes up on the couch in his house, and it's never explained how he got back there. I guess Castle Dagron just came back and like burped him up. <laughs> I mean, it makes as much sense as anything involving the giant dragon castle does, really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Kavat spends most of these two episodes in a, like, a little bassinet hanging from the ceiling, having a cold. He's been having a cold for, like, the last, like, eight episodes, I swear. I Oh, oh yeah, I guess he was doing that in the past couple, wasn't he? It's like, I have I a theory that. that, like, Kavat's state is based off of Wataru's mental state. I also thought about that, because I wondered if, if like, because all whenever Wataru uses the fusils, he always seems to gain, like, the fighting style of whoever it's using, so I wonder if just, like, the base form is Kavat. That makes sense hmm. to me. That'd be interesting. Because, like, when he uses, like, the wolf form, like, his fighting style gets all Jiro-like, and... Yeah. When he uses, like, the purple right. form, it's Well, I mean, we're 18 and... episodes into the show and still really don't have any idea what what Kiva is, honestly. Not really. Yeah, what's, um, what's, the, what's, like, the macro plot of Kiva? Uh, there isn't one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing to a macro plot that's been introduced is the secret, like, uh, race of Fangires, like, killing other... Oh, wait, no, wait. I, I remember now. It's the It's the checkmate thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they just introduced that. So, I don't know. That could never come up again. I wouldn't be surprised. You're you're not wrong. Uh, so Wataru's basically moping. We get a scene of him remembering uh, Daichan when he's happy and then when he's murdered everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's like, everybody I know turns out to be a fangire. And I'm like, and- whoa, 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 whoa. There's this guy named Kengo, and he's the best. Yeah, he's awesome. You should go play some music with him. That'll make you feel yeah, where, better. Where's Kengo? I know his story's done, and so therefore he doesn't have any place in the story anymore, but where's Kengo, dude? What makes you think his story's done? He's, there's been no mention of him at all. So? I want him to become like a rock musician by the end of the show. You need to see that. I'm not sure. I don't actually know if Kengo's going to be gone, so... Watch him just but become it... Ixa, because they still don't want to give it to Megumi. <laughs> Man, that would, would be really aggravating. <laughs> so, Taru's Mope. And then we cut to a scene of a car slowly pulling up on a, a truck. Oh my god, guys. I didn't realize this guy was wearing an Obama mask before. Yeah, he, he is wearing a uh, like a rubber mask of... Or is that Obama? No, or is that President Bush? I'm pretty sure it's Obama. Oh no! Wait, th- this was this is two thousand nine, right? Obama's yeah. hair wasn't that gray for a couple more years. Yeah, no, that's Bush. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. That's Bush. Uh, so it's so yeah, some guy wearing a Bush mask has come up and is stealing some, I don't know, some fucking briefcases from these guys. Generic like, robbery is happening. Yeah, and he's about to uh, he he puts them in a truck. He's close the truck. He's gonna go get in the truck, and oh no, here's Nago. Oh boy. Uh, I was definitely wondering, um, it's gonna be revealed this guy's a fangire? Uh, why does he wear a mask? I don't know. Maybe because he's weird, because he giggles a lot. This is, he, this fangire 
even after he takes off the mask, has kind of like a permanent smile on his face. Yeah, he's pretty underdeveloped compared to a lot of the other Fangires. So. He, he's pretty much Giggle Man. That's it. <laughs> Who likes stealing things. Yeah, yeah name, that checks out. His name is Sakaguchi Sakichi. Because Nago comes up, he's like, oh, I'm going to take your button. And then he <laughs> can't rip the button off. <laughs> your button is mine. And he doesn't rip the button off. The guy just laughs and beats up Nago. Yeah, he just punches Nago in the face because he's really close to him and yelling about a button, so. Yeah. And Sakaguchi goes, tries to get in the van. Uh, and the keys are gone. So he just gets back in his car while Nago staggers up off the ground, starting to say his one of two lines this entire episode. Sakaguchi. Yelling out, Sakaguchi! Sakaguchi! Uh, the other line is button, right? Yes, and the other line is button. My button. Uh, d- doesn't he yell Kiva at the end, too? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, he might. I, I mean... Th- the less we talk about Nago, the better, really. <laughs> I was kind of kidding, but I do genuinely find it funny that w- the closest Wataru has come to stop being a superhero is that he's just really aggravated about dealing with with uh, Nago. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, same. Pretty much. Yeah, the next little bit is an extended chase scene where apparently Nago is fast enough to keep up with a car. Uh... Where's... I mean, it's driving down busy Tokyo yeah, he, streets. Yeah, he's driving. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like in the center of the city, so it kind of yeah. Makes sense. He, he like runs through a parking garage as a shortcut. You know, this could happen, I guess. And he's he's just running after him, yelling Sakaguchi, while this guy is driving away, looking, watching Nago in his rearview mirror and smiling. Right. Uh, cut away from that, back to Wataru's house, where, uh, Megumi and Shizuka are looking for Wataru, because, uh, I, I guess, I think Shizuka brought Megumi by to, like, try and cheer him up. Yeah. Which is weird, because that's not often the effect that Megumi has on Wataru, but... It usually works out. Yeah, sometimes. Well, it's, she at least knows that Megu- Megumi cares about Atoya in her own way. You, you keep mixing up Wataru yeah. and Atoya. <laughs> but Megumi... yeah, I, I suppose that's true. He doesn't have that many social connections, so. But yeah, Shizuka is basically looking in all around the house for him. Can't find anything. And then Megumi finds a note from Wataru that says, I'm leaving on a small journey. Please don't look for me. I like that they just conveniently miss the note for like the whole time. I mean, I can kind of understand it for Shizuka, where she comes You're looking for a person, you know, you're going to look for the person first. (laughs) Check pieces of paper after that. Well, I could see Shizuka coming in and not seeing Wataru and calling for him and not hearing him. And then freaking out and going to get a Megumi immediately. And because she was in a panic when they came back and was kind of just immediately started searching the house. That's true. Yeah. So, Wataru took his motorcycle and he drove off into the countryside. Uh, This uh, cliff that he pulls up next to, this is the same one that Atoya takes um, Yuri to on a date later, right? It's the one that Yuri 
takes, uh, which is what you never. Oh, mind. right, right. Yuri suggested this location. I forgot. In the next episode. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it looks the same. So I was curious if he. This is like a place he knows, or if he just randomly came out here. I had no idea. Yeah, he's. It would be interesting if he like has some memories of his parents here, but we don't really find that out. He's looking uh, down at like a river, and then it cuts to him down by the river. Mm-hmm. He gets up and starts walking down, and oh, oh no! Wataru found a girl. There's a woman doing <laughs> archery, and I, it's playing like the sweet romance music, and I immediately started getting pissed. I'm like, no, come on, don't do a romance. That, that was my legit note that I wrote down, just in all caps. Oh no! Wataru found a girl. Oh, uh, I just, I legitimately was just like, oh, a lady who's going to cheer Wataru up by being a good friend. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually assume this was going to be a romance subplot. I, I assumed the worst. And I also assumed situ- the worst. In this situation, Kiva pleasantly surprised me. Because this archery woman turns out to be a really neat character, and I like her a lot. Yeah, I, I like her too. She's pretty cool. I mean, this is probably like the best time the past and future kind of are cohesive with each other and, and work right. out and do cool Cause, things. Because they've done a lot of, like, uh, conceal information between the past and the future, and usually it's pretty lame, honestly. But uh, the reveal that this lady is the uh, the young girl that Atoya was teaching to do the violin, uh, I thought worked pretty well, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it adds emotional weight and is, uh, you know, kind of clever. Kiva did a good thing this one time. <laughs> so, what Taru kind of just if they could just find those good things they do and then just make the whole show that, it that would be, be nice. a good show. Yep. That That is kind of one of the big <laughs> frustrating points is that Kiva has ideas hidden in there where I'm just like, yeah, d- do that more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like when the like sometimes the fan guys are interesting, sometimes the side characters are interesting, sometimes Wataru will have like interesting character stuff going on. I can't wait to talk about how the archer is more effective than any of the other organization members in fighting a fangire. Yeah, oh shit, I had not even thought about that until just now. <laughs> but you are totally right. I know. And she doesn't she she's using like uh like sport tips on her arrows. It's not like she has like big, you know, hunting blades on there or anything. Yep. The Wataru is basically like creeping up on this woman because he has no idea what archery is. <laughs> he doesn't know what bows yeah, he, are. He apparently doesn't know what a bow and arrow is. Yeah, so he creeps up her and she's like, Hey, so can I help you? He's like, No, I just What are you doing? He's like, Don't it's archery. Do you do you not know what archery is? No. Yeah, I mean, when I saw it, I'm like, is is this like an Olympic level competitor? Because she's got like that giant weight thing on the front of these, which I feel like you only ever see when people are like training for Olympic style archery. Yeah. Uh, we will later find out. Yes, she is actually an Olympic level competitor, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But uh, she's not doing amazing right now. Like her grouping isn't bad, but it uh, could be a lot better if she's that good. But... Well, you see, she got. Fangire sense for one specific fangire. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the conflict is yep. she is not leveling up to her potential. And like has some into it and it's interesting because like there's no real external conflict about it. It's just like an internal thing with her. Not there's no one like being a dick to her, or she doesn't need to like be better at it to save the day or something. It's just like a personal growth thing. 
So she offers to teach Wataru to archery. Wataru tries it out, and he's like, oh. And apparently Wataru also doesn't understand what release means. <laughs> uh, yeah, he realizes quickly that archery is very hard. Yeah, he, he, he has really bad form. She's not even trying to help him. And he flings this arrow way off into the distance and immediately grows up running after it like, oh, God. Oh, I'm, oh, that's going to be lost. I'm sorry. Oh, she, let me go get it. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that she was letting him, like, touch her bow. Those things are expensive. Yeah. But he, he's running out and looking for it and she's giggling to him. And I'm like, oh, God, are they doing the thing of like, oh, look at this cute dumb boy thing. And then she well, says, yeah. he's a dumb boy. He's cute, though. <laughs> Or something of the sort. It's pretty much. Uh, pretty, exactly she says that. something almost exactly like that. As, after he found the arrow, she's like, "You're an interesting guy, aren't you?" And he's like, "No, I'm boring." And that makes. Her I'm laugh. a boring person, and that really cracks her up. Yeah. And. Right, okay, okay, so the next future sequence is a uh, a lady playing tennis getting fangired. Yep. Yeah, she's she uh, she hits one ball and then fangire. That's just a brief interlude, not really, no real story development there, other than introducing our weird, saggy boob fangire. Uh, I, okay, I'm not the only one who thought that, right? Yeah, like, a bit. it's... I, I didn't it, think that, but that's it, okay. It oh, okay. Like, well, Garrett's better than better than the rest of us, apparently. No, I'm not. <laughs> look like a flower to me, like... Yeah, I, I think that's the idea, is it, it's got a, it's got these petals extending from the middle of its chest... Where one goes up across its face, two go across the shoulders, and two go down past the breasts. But they do kind of look like saggy boobs, so, you know. Maybe it's just your opinion, man. I mean... <laughs> I don't sorry. know. I, the I'm design sorry. was kind of forgettable. Yeah, it's... I, I kind of like it. I, like, uh, the, like the little blue gem in the middle of the flower is pretty unique looking. I don't know. I feel uh, like it kind of splits the difference between a good design and a really goofy-looking design. Yeah. So, yeah. it's uh, not it amazing. turns, and there's a camera cut, and it's immediately Sakaguchi. Yeah. So, Sakaguchi is our fangar. And he's going to yeah. start getting back in his car, but, oh, hey, look, here's Nago. Oh, uh, boy. Still chasing him, still yelling Sakaguchi. And tries to pull him out of the car, but he just drives off. Oh, boy. So, and so Nago's like... Gotta keep running. He's running after him, yelling, The button is mine. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened, but Nago has just gone completely psychotic. On the other hand, we don't have to listen to his incredibly self-righteous monologues now, so, you know, yeah. it's kind of an improvement. I mean, for now, until... something, probably. The... Then it cuts back to the archery woman and uh, Wataru, who they, they've gone on a little jog. Right. And yeah, because having... sweating makes you forget about the bad your... things. Yeah, you're bad. Sweat out the bad memories. Yeah, and so she asks him what he's up to. He says he makes violins, and she's genuinely surprised that he is confident enough to do something like that, I think. Because they're like, stop jogging and look back at him like, Violins. Wait a minute. Hold on. I used to play violins. His shirt says "stupid." He, it he, does. His shirt has a giant seal on it. I think it's the. I think it's the U.S. seal that's like on the back of quarters. President and it seal. Says, 
says stupid in uh, big cursive letters yeah. over it. The, so uh, maybe she can just read English. and Maybe. Know. Well, but... Well, no, it's... I think she stopped because she would used to be play violins when she was little. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, th- that's the thing, is, like, this is actually a pretty good hint. Because, A, they cut this running scene... Uh, when it, we cut back to the past with uh, Atoya and the younger girl, they are running in the next scene. Yeah. And yeah, she rec- the the violin thing means something to her. So you could probably pick up on the connection here if you were paying more attention than yeah. I was when we you watched these. So she asks him if it's fun. He's like, "Well, I just kind of haven't been in the mood for it lately." Which then it cuts into the thing of the little girl complaining in the past. Uh, next future bit is the archery woman and Wataru have driven somewhere, some building. Right. I d- to, I don't to the workout oh, place. Oh, no, they're, yeah, to the gym. That's oh, yeah, right. okay. Yeah, they went to the gym. And uh, as they're going in, Megumi walks out. And he's like, oh, hey, wait, what What are you doing? Wataru, I thought you went on a journey. What are you doing here? And with this old woman. Yeah, this is the episode where Megumi is back to being shitty again. Yeah, where it's oh hey look this is this is a woman who is obviously over twenty five and in her thirties and uh, therefore... yeah I'm, I, I'm a little offended because I feel I think this archery character is um, about the same age as me. Yeah, I think she's like <laughs> early thirties, maybe mid thirties, and they're like nope, she's old lady, useless. This is like Megumi. Fuck Jesus off. Christ. It it's it's weird because like it starts off like that and then it kind of turns jokey in there and it's weird. I mean, I I don't think Megumi is portrayed as like being cool for calling her an old lady. Like she's being a dick, right? Because she is you know a self indulgent. Yeah, it's dick it, it's Megumi's immediate response of <laughs> "Hey, this old lady." It's it's immediately like a direct meant to hurt attack. It is, right, right. it is It is. the writer going, hey, hey, two women who are interested in the same guy will be bitchy towards each other, right? Right. That's, I mean, that's I, always I don't think this really happens. has anything to do with Wataru. No, it doesn't. It's just bad fucking writing. <laughs> but uh, they start arguing over Wataru, like, no, I'm going to train him. No, I'm going to train him. And they're each yanking at his arms. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, the archery ladies like we were already hanging out. What's your problem? It's not great. We were having a nice day. Why are you ruining it? Uh, next bits is a. Well, then they have uh, an archery off. Yeah. Well, first, no, they, they, don't they do bench presses? First? Yeah, they do, they oh, do bench yeah. presses first, and Megumi and uh, I forget what her actual name is, but Megumi and the archery woman are like doing okay. And Wataru is like, oh god, it's too heavy. Oh jeez, I'm gonna get crushed. Nobody yeah, Wataru's just gonna die. Nobody yeah, uh, is spotting Wataru, and it's <laughs> yeah, he has by far the least uh, the least weight too. B- yeah. Both Megumi and the archery lady, I think, are lifting equal amounts of weight, and they're both doing pretty good at it. But uh, yeah, Wataru sucks at this. <laughs> and, uh, so then they go to archery. Who Megumi? Oh, gets a center, and then the archery woman gets a center. So Megumi gets another center. It's like, oh, archery woman, are you gonna do it? 
And then she remembers that someone died in front of her, and so she fucks up, and she starts yeah. hearing a Fangire bees buzzing. Yeah, she, she hears, well, like, the... Actually, it's no. sort of like how the noise that we hear sometimes when, uh, that interferes with Bloody Rose. Yeah, it's... Kind of like that. I don't know if she's reacting to it. I don't think she's, like, reacting to Fangire specifically. I think it's meant to be, like, she had some sort of PTSD from this. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Seeing a person die in front of her. Though the camera does immediately cut to the guy, the Fangire guy, having a confrontation with Nago after she has the uh, the breakdown. Yeah, that's true. So he... maybe it is like a Bloody Rose thing where like Fangires will resonate with things they've encountered after, like after they run into them. Yeah, if they're, that's... they like use violence at some point. I mean, I guess this is like the only time we've seen someone not immediately die to a fangire that's been targeted that's true. right right so really yeah, and this is the only time that anything other than bloody rose has done this so may- maybe it's a new rule i don't know oh man does that mean bloody rose is sentient and it was attacked by a fangire at some point therefore <laughs> maybe. It's, fangire. it's just having ptsd flashbacks every time it resonates yeah uh, that would be sad and kind of funny so in this little fight scene between Nago and the Fangire, the Fangire is parked under a bridge to basically just get Nago in there. Nago comes into the scene, staggering, it's going, It's my button! It's my button! It's my button! Give me your button! Give me the button! Hand over the button! And the Fangire proceeds to just beat the crap out of Nago. And it's... Yeah, he just whips his ass pretty bad. Punches which, him a couple times good. as a human. Nag- Nago sucks. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's fun to see Nago get beat up. I, I don't know why he doesn't use the Ixa powers or anything, but he hey, just, whatever. He just didn't have it with him. I think that's didn't literally it? it. No. He, he after this, because the Fangar beats him up and Nago collapses and the Fangar just leaves. And then the next time Nago comes back, he has the Ixa. So I think it's just... Okay. Because after the, the Fangar just leaves, the Nago gets up to his knees and rips off his tie and he's so super angly. Ah. Yeah. Look Much at this anger. baby man. So then we get to cut to uh, the archery woman, oh, Kurosawa Mommy. Her name is uh, Mommy. Okay. Um, Mommy is explaining to Megumi and Wataru. Uh, so I was doing some archery practice with another friend, and there was this weird pair of floating fangs that killed someone in front of me and now i hear the sound of them all the time and it's fucking with my archery <laughs> yeah and uh yeah megumi's like wait a minute you're kurosawa mommy right yeah yeah she, then they you represented become... japan in the previous olympics right you're super old <laughs> God, fucking but then they're like best friends because then they're gossiping about like the stories when she was doing the olympic stuff yeah yeah, I, I got the feeling that this was supposed to be, this was like a tongue-in-cheek thing where it's like, oh, I respect your talent now, but she, it's like a, she's like ribbing her about yeah. being old when like, obviously that's not the reaction you would have when you found out someone was like a former Olympian. Wataru runs off because he starts, he, uh, <laughs> it cuts to a scene of a cyclist who's just cycling along, stops, and is like, all right, I'm going to take a nice little rest. And camera's panning, 
And then the Fangire comes sprinting in from off screen, laughing like a maniac, and tackles the cyclist. It's so weird. This Fangire is the weirdest Fangire. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's... he's not weirder than the feet guy. Okay, well, <laughs> no, but it's the thing of. The feet guy at least had, like. There, there's some substance to it. Right. This one just seems kind of all random. He's just... Yeah, this guy's just running around laughing. Which is kind of what the feet guy has been reduced to. Now, he had been reduced to in his second appearance of just running around. and like, ooh, I'm creepy. <laughs> uh, so, the is trying to kill the cyclist. And Wataru shows up. And he looks visibly... Like, he doesn't want to do this. Yeah, he's not really in the mood today. Like, through the entire transformation sequence, he it keeps getting cuts of his face, and he's given this look like, I don't know, man. I just, I just kind of want to go home. But he tackles the Fangire down into a stadium, and it starts playing uh, Kang- the Ikemen's theme song that Wataru was singing. Yeah, it's Wataru- the insert song. Yeah, Wataru's doing pretty well. But, oh, wait, look, it's fucking Nago showing up in the back, who immediately was like, oh, here's Kiva. It's my prey. Yeah, he totally ignores the fangire, who um, was assaulting people, you know. Besides, he's gonna fight people. Kiva instead. No, go after Kiva. And Kiva, Kiva try, or Wataru tries to summon the Garudu Saber, and then Nago uses... I guess a false fusel. Yep. And, yeah, like steel. Fake Gadudu, I think it's called. Or fake saber. Gadudu Faker. Yeah, Gadudu Faker. Yep. I hope you like it, because it's the only time it ever happens. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, because I actually thought this was a pretty lame power for the secondary writer to have. Yeah, but, uh, so Wataru's like, wait, you, you stole my sword? And. Nago runs up as Ixa and yells at the Fangire, get out of my way, and starts just attacking the hell out of Kiva. Yeah, I, I gotta say, for how good the design of Ixa is, and, like, I me mean, thinking his, like, his uh, design and aesthetics are pretty cool when he's introduced, his upgrades have been very lame. Yeah, it's... I mean, I don't even know if I'd call these upgrades. No, it's just, it's theft. Ixa well, I mean, okay, his weird dino crane thing won. I wouldn't then... even call that an upgrade. <laughs> there, they were. That was clearly introduced in the plot as a major power upgrade. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's just a tool he can use. Right. Yeah, right. like that. He he got he he got his uh, he got his forklift license. That is his upgrade. <gasps> it doesn't actually make him any stronger. It just lets him fight kaiju. And this ability to uh, steal the weapons when Wataru calls them is also pretty underwhelming. So, Well, it's the only time it ever happens, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, That's so fine. Wataru gets beat up a lot and then kicked into the sky and shot a bunch of times, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yep. In, in the uh, preview, they totally blow that what that uh, Kiva's going to get a Trinity form in the next episode, which is cool, but, you know... Oh yeah, I hope you like that form too, because it's the I only do. time it happens. I really oh really? Like Kiva Trinity. I-, I thought Kiva Trinity was cool. I'm 
I'm, I'm more disappointed that that will not be re- re- returning. Enjoy it for your one episode. Huh. All huh. right. Okay. All right, so next, we yeah, let's go on to 18. Oh, and we had forgotten to mention, um, at the beginning of the episode, Kavat's little informational bits. Uh, the first one, he was talking about the violinist Pagliacci, and how there was the theory that, at the time, Pagliacci was so good at playing the violin because he sold his soul to the devil. Oh, wink, wink. Right. And <laughs> I cannot hear the <laughs> name Pag. I cannot hear the name Pagliacci without thinking of that Watchmen bit where <laughs> Great Cloud Pagliacci is in town. Go see him. We'll pick you right up. I am Pagliacci. <laughs> um, Good joke. Everyone laugh. Roll on snare drum. Uh, so this one is Kivat talking about how Edison famously said that it is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration to succeed, but what he actually meant is that for every bit, or for 1% of insight, you need to do 99% hard work to actually succeed anything. Right. Uh, which is awfully convenient, because Edison sure was willing to exploit other people's hard work. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Edison sure was willing to lie, cheat, steal. <laughs> he, Edison fucking hustled. Uh, yeah. He was a bit of a con guy. I mean, you know, there is some hard work involved in that, I guess. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not going to deny that he was a genius, but he was a genius that knew that you stand great work stand on the back of giants and he's gonna fucking find all the giants he can to stand on right uh so back in the past the first little bit is uh we get to see the continuation of this pool game and jiro is very very good at pool and is very blatantly showing off and spinning around the pool cue and shooting from behind his back okay so have either of you ever seen community the the sitcom no no Okay, there's an episode of Community where one of the characters uh, takes a class in pool, and uh, the the plot is that the the teacher insists that they wear shorts, and he is extremely mad that he is making it difficult for uh, that he that he is tarnishing America's coolest sport, and I just could not <laughs> stop thinking of of Jeff and his, his like he comes in wearing a leather jacket into the pool class. It is extremely similar to the way that Jiro is in this sequence. So fun for y'all community fans, actually. If uh, you know that bit, I think that actually that would have been filmed around the same time as Kiva, because yeah, that was a season two episode. So that would have been two thousand nine or ten. <laughs> are, are you trying to imply that Kiva and Community have some sort of shared continuity? I, I do not think that Dan Harmon was watching Common Rider Kiva at the time. No, I do not. But, uh, you know, just a weird coincidence. The Jiro is basically almost doing a sweet game of not missing a pocket. And Otoya is keeping like, hey, wait a minute, when is, when is it my turn? And it's, it is very obvious that Otoya actually has no idea how to play pool. Has no idea yeah. what he's doing. And basically, Jiro is able to... Uh, he almost runs the table. I think he misses his last shot, right? Because of Otoya's dumb face. He, he misses an eight ball into the corner pocket because he skips the cue ball into a toy's forehead right right okay so yeah i guess he missed yeah he, he missed his second to last shot 
And so, uh, he le it leaves Atoya with basically an almost impossible shot. And Atoya tries to take it, breaks and he's his... He's got the cue ball resting against the pocket, and then the nine ball resting against the rail with the eight on the far side of the table. Right. Uh, like, opposite the nine, so... So, know. basically what happens is the power of CG wins the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's some pretty incredible CG. I, I gotta say, I, I love the sequence where a, a toy is just like, you think I can't do it, but watch this! And he goes to, like, try and jump the ball, and he just fucking breaks the pool cue in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but that genuinely got a chuckle out of me. <laughs> and I like it's seeing him, like, try to pretend to be cool, and they just fucking like snap off the top of the pool cue as soon as he does it it does a cut to jiro who has this blank look on his face of oh geez it's it's a real look of i expected you to fail but you exceeded my expectations <laughs> yeah not that hard so atoya is like oh well and just kind of whips the now hanging little bit of the pool cue around which just so happens to hit the cue ball, which bounces around, which sinks the eight ball, and then sinks the nine ball, winning the game for Atoya. Oh, wow, yeah, no, I totally meant to do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I won, Jiro, you have to give me Ixa now. No, no, it's best out of five. Uh, he, he claims it, oh, remember, it's, what is it actually? Best Performing is about inspiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this this cues with the girl. She's like, "What inspiration?" So yeah, no. Jiro's like, "Hey, no, it's got to be a five set." And Atoya's pissed. And then Yuri shows up. It's like Atoya, what the fuck are you doing here? Why, why, why are you playing pool? You're supposed to be teach her how to play the violin. You idiot. What are you doing? Well, then and then Yuri's like, you know, I know that cleaning the bathroom thing was bullshit. And then that's where the yeah the girl finds out about it. Yeah, which I was really surprised that she reacted that way because I'm like, did, it seemed like she already suspected it was bullshit. Yeah, but she was start. She's like, she had the thing of like, it's bullshit, but you kind of know what you're doing. Maybe I what? But yeah, no. G he Jiro comes in with a oh, if you trust, if you ever trust in this guy, all you're ever going to get is misfortune, which causes yeah. her to run away, and Atoya. Like, you don't know, no, I get it. Okay, yeah, no, I'm gonna go after her. Alright, I'm going, I'm going. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, Toya does like the... The, I know what you're going to say next, and it's this. So I'm going to run away before you berate me. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, as he's chasing... Uh, mommy. As he's chasing Mommy. Uh, I do like how she tells him, Go away, everything you do is a mess. Which, um, yes, that's true. This is a very accurate assessment. <laughs> and Toya even kind of gives this little shrug like, yeah, well, you're not wrong. Yeah. He's he's going on, he's like, hey, no, guess what? So I know exactly what's wrong with you. You're trying, you, all you're doing is trying to meet your parents' expectations and not actually playing with your heart. Uh, and if you just play from the heart, uh, you know, don't just play, do what you want, play what you want to play and the audition will go great. Uh, and there is a little translator's note in here that apparently this the the synchronicity between the violin and the bow is uh, based on a pun in Japanese where to play a string instrument and to pull the string of a bow are apparently the same verb. So that's cute. I see what they did there. 
Yeah. And next is the little girl's audition, which uh, Otoya and Yuri are attending, and Otoya is getting to nod off, because I guess everyone who came before the girl was not great. And she comes out and starts playing, and she's doing great. She's doing a real good job. But then, tragedy strikes. One of the strings of her violin snaps. And Yuri is like, oh god, is everything going to go bad? But no, she just keeps playing. Like, if just... a string snaps a, like during an audition, wouldn't they just like hand you another violin and be like, Let's, you, know, you can do that again, it's fine. Uh, possibly. It's, mm. Seems like extenuating circumstances. It does. But it is also much more impressive that she just goes, okay, well, that one, I can't use those anymore. Yeah, she just plays around it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And even when Yuri is like, oh, no, one of the strings broke, Atoya is, like, leaning down on the floor. And he's, like, half asleep going, no, don't, don't panic. Performance is all about inspiration. Atoya is just, like, bored to death and is just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. She She's she's figured it out. I taught her yeah. properly. <gasps> Yeah, he's like, uh, the the violin wasn't important, so I don't care. Looks like she's gonna grow up into a stubborn woman. <gasps> Which is a super weird thing for him to say at this point, but, you know, that's a toy, I guess. Uh, so she finishes her audition, and everybody starts clapping. We get to cut to a Yuri, get to see a Yuri and a toy, and a toy starts acting as if everyone's clapping for him. It's very funny. <laughs> Uh, then it cuts I, I have to, to wonder if Yuri Yuri looks happy, but I do have to wonder if at this point she's like, "God damn it! Every time I get this guy involved in something, it works out, and I hate that." I mean, but like she went f- to him to actually succeed on a thing. True, true. Wow. It's just she's waiting for him to fail, and he keeps not failing. I I think it's a thing of like she ex- she she hopes him to succeed, but she is expecting it. Like she doesn't want him to fail, but everything about his personality and how he acts and all of her interactions makes her expect it. But she wants it to succeed. Right, right. So, uh, next is Yuri, Atoya, and Mommy have driven to the Overlook that uh, Wataru had driven to in the previous episode. Yeah, and uh, apparently this is like an important... I mean, I think we're supposed to assume this is an important memory for Mommy, because this is where she per- she practices archery at later in life. Yes. Yep. So, that's a uh, cute yeah. bit of synchronicity there. So she, she runs out and is going to go look at the view, and Atoya and Yuri get out, and Atoya's like, God, this is fucking... Oh, God, I hate... What a waste of fucking gasoline coming out of here. <laughs> Alright, so, uh... I kept up my part of the deal. Let's, uh... Hey, when are we going on that date? This is a date. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, Utoya gets played uh, for his date. Yeah. And right. Mommy turns around as they're walking up and goes, Hey, teacher, uh, because I won, you should you should play for me. And Atoya's response is, Okay, but... Uh, I think at first he says, like, uh, I only do it when I feel like it. Yeah, that's at the very beginning it. in last episode. And oh, then this okay, time okay. he's like, Don't blame me if you don't like the result. Yeah, and oh, she, okay. She even gives him a look of like it says, "What? What are you? What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, like what's gonna happen? Is it gonna explode or is this, is it gonna be so good I die? <laughs> and then we get to see Atoya playing and the girls listening, 
and like everyone else who listens to Atoya play, she has a revelation. She's just like, I'm never going to be that good at violin. That's amazing. I'm going to yeah. quit violin. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I like it. It, it is nice how Yuri's like, no, you can be that good if you practice. And she's like, nah, nah, I'm gonna do something else. It's like, I don't, I don't actually care about the violin. I, I'm just doing it because my parents told me to. Which, like, big mood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, but I actually, I don't want to play it. And Atoya's wrapped it up. It's like, you know, just live your life. Open open your ears to the voice of your heart and live your life how you want to. Yeah. Atoya has one of his he is wise for a minute yeah. moments. Because then this is yeah, this is match cut with a which with a future part where she's right. relaying the story to Wataru. Yeah, because w- uh, she tells Wataru the story of what his dad told her, but she doesn't mention Atoya's name, so Wataru doesn't know that this that this is a story about his dad. Right. So that's a little bit of uh, dramatic irony in there. Uh, that's actually good dramatic irony. Good job, Kiva. Yeah, they they did a good. <laughs> and is that the last little bit of this? Yeah, that's that's how the past yep, ends. That's the last little bit of the past. So then, in the future, Kiva continues to get his shit kicked in because they recap that. Oh, yeah. right. uh, he gets he gets shot off the stage. And it looks like Ixa's gonna go after him, but no, then the Fangire just electrocutes Ixa. And Does runs the wiki away. say what this thing is supposed to be, by the way, Garrett? Um, probably. Let me. Because it shoots lightning out. out of its. the center of its little flower thingy. Yeah, I mean, probably it does. I, I will let you know in a second. Okay. okay. Uh, so... yeah, while he is throwing a tantrum that the Fangire and Kiva ran away, uh, Ixa shoots his gun randomly into the air. I'm like, uh, arrest this man for discharging a weapon in city limits irresponsibly. Yeah, he's... <gasps> he's... <sighs> Nago just needs to spend all of his time oh, in prison. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. It's what? a sea star. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and we're like seeing the bottom of it? Well, no, like the... So if you like chop off his legs and arms, his center is just like it's a like... starfish shape. Think about right, Star Me and right. Star You. Yeah, no, I I, I know what have the gem in the center. Gotcha. Similar design uh, idea. After he detransforms, Nago uh, punches a wall until his hand is bloody. Until uh, yeah, it's basically yeah. he he detransforms and ro- yells, runs over to a wall and just starts punching a wall. And he's, I think he punches it until he breaks his hand. He's having a huge ass temper tantrum. Yep. Yeah, he's. Yeah, super temper tantrum. No way, Nago's being Nago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never seen well, that one before. And then we get cut to Wataru, who is running away, saying, "No, no, I don't want to. F- I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm done." Yeah, this, this is stupid, and I don't like it. Wataru's like, "I, I do not want to fight. I do not like it." Oh, man, I had a green, green ink and hams reference like percolated in my mind and it just didn't come out i do not like fighting in a quarry i do not like fighting in a parking garage i do not like fighting in a construction site thank you so the next little bit is 
Megumi going to worst boss Shima so that she can get yeah. the little bit of information that, oh, this Fangar is just attacking female athletes. And I'm like, really? Because, uh, I, I mean, I guess when he was robbing those guys, he wasn't in Fangar form, but... He didn't That's just a side hustle. Okay. <laughs> we saw him attack one female athlete, so I'm not sure if this is a Two. pattern. D- who's the other one? I remember the, the lady. archer girl next to her? Oh, right, right. I assumed that was from, like, a long time ago, though, so... Not too, I don't think it's too long ago. But, uh... Well, it was long enough ago that it made Mommy mess up in her, like, tryouts for the Olympics or whatever. That's true. Uh, Megumi immediately realizes that Mommy is probably in danger, and so runs off as Shima is saying, You know, I already told Nago about this, so you guys need to work together to investigate... Huh? And and Megumi is already gone, because, uh, you know... Megumi figured it out. Unhelpful advice, A, and also fuck Nago, B. Yeah, and C, Megumi is too good for the show. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. Uh, It cuts to Mommy, who is trying to do archery. She starts hearing the noise again, except the fangs are actually there this time. (laughs) And she is being attacked. Oh no. Uh, I like how when she gets knocked down, her she's immediately like, oh, crap, get phone out, call police. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it cu- first we cut back to Wataru, and the bloody rose starts ringing. Well, when she uh, gets knocked down, too, like, her, her wrist gets fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, she, she breaks her wrist, I'm assuming? Or, I guess it could just be, like, a severe sprain. But... Uh, so Wataru, the bloody rose is ringing. Kivat's like, all right, Wataru, let's go. And Wataru's just like... No, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to fight anymore. Just let Ixa deal with it. Yeah. And at this point I'm like, why? I I was really expecting them to be like, now would be a great time to introduce why Kavat cares or, you know, what his motivation is. Nope. Uh, They don't do that. That doesn't come up at all. Bizarrely. But, uh, and it's interspersed with the woman getting her wrist messed up goes back to Wataru. Well, then, because, like, Kavat's just like, I'll go myself, then. How about that? Okay. And then he crashes into some stuff and falls on the floor. Yeah, because he's not doing too hot. He's still sick. So, uh, Mommy is running away and rolling away from this Fangire. But, hey, look, Mikumi comes up and is gonna start attacking. It's gonna be good. And Mommy immediately starts trying to call the police. Uh, Megumi gets not like she's trying to fight the thing and gets knocked over, you know, because that's what happens when Megumi tries to fight Fangars. Uh, yep. We cut back to Wataru, who is still trying. Kavat is still trying to get him to go out, and Wataru's just like, no, shut up. Man, you know what? If Bloody Rose didn't exist anymore, I wouldn't have to hear shit. And he acts like he's going to smash the violin. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't have to worry about this crap. This voice is telling me to do the fighting, so what if I just get rid of the voice? Yeah. But he can't actually smash it. Um. So, yeah, I was definitely wondering at this point, like, uh, so what does that mean? Is that a metaphor? Is that literal? Like, does the ringing of Bloody Rose literally compel him to fight? Or is this, like, a metaphor to 
Kavat tell him something about his dad I... that makes him want to do this. They don't go and do it. No. Weirdly. Uh, Kavat's... Yeah, that's not great. Kavat's like, okay, I guess I'll just go then. He tries to fly out and can't because he's still not feeling great. Yep. And we go back to see Megumi getting beat up because women can't be successful in this show. Um... But right before the Sea Star is going to attack her, oh, here's Nago. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, he has a brief fight with the uh the Fangire. Um, the- which uh he wins basically, but then the cops show up and arrest them both. Well, it's it's yep. He's I I get the feeling like the Fangire he the Fangire realized he was starting to lose, so he detransforms. Oh yeah, I guess he might have seen the cops riding up and be like, I'll just turn back into a regular person. Yeah. <gasps> and uh, so Naga's like, oh, at last, the button. I'm gonna get Which the button. Which might make him the smartest fangire in the show so far. Yeah. And he, Nago proceeds to kick over the fangire onto his back and just start beating him in the face, yelling about the button. And then the police show up and they're like, oh hey, that's Sakaguchi. He's, he's got, a, we've got an arrest warrant out for his, for robbery. Oh, we should arrest him. Hey, dude, get off. No! I'm Nago! No, I said you can't stop me! I'm Nago! Button! He starts punching. Bounty hunter! He starts punching out cops. He's, he gets tackled to the ground, screaming about, My button! My button! Oh. Okay, okay. Uh, hang with me for a second here. Nago thinks that he's Boba Fett in the fandom. The coolest, most awesomest guy ever. But he's actually Boba Fett... In the actual movie, where he's an incompetent boob. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a chump that dies immediately. Yeah. yeah. And it cuts back to Watar really quickly, where the fangire noises stop, and he's kind of looking relieved. Uh, yeah, a little bit relieved, a little bit like, eh, did I make the right choice there? Uh, next, we go to Megumi and Shima in Cafe Maldemore. We're like, um, what do we do? Yeah, Megumi is wondering, what what do we do when a fangire has been arrested by the police? Yeah. And Shima says, like, uh, that's okay, we can deal with that. I have, There's someone in the Wonderful Azor organization who is, like, high up in the police. We have people uh, on the inside. So let's have Nago take off some cops and steal the, yeah. the person they arrested. Uh, right. Right before right. that, Wataru has to show up and Megumi tells him, Hey, yo, that old lady got hurt by the fangire. You should go say hi. Yeah, so, uh, Watar's got some guilt going on. But yeah, so... And I'm just one... Okay, so then the thing happens that Garrett described, where Nago puts on a mask, knocks out all the cops, and, like, drives away with the prisoner. I'm just like, how have they not fired this guy from the Azor yeah, organization it's... yet? He makes them all look bad. It's really not great. He's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He also has, like, a Shredder mask on. It's extremely goofy looking. It is. Uh, next little bit is Wataru finding Mommy while she's still doing archery. And she is even more hurt than before, but she's still trying her hardest, because this is what she wants to do. Yep. Right. Yeah. And Wataru... Well, apparently she needs to have, uh, like, an artist show up and get, give her a revelation about the dangers of overtraining or something. It's just, he asks her, why are you going so far doing a reckless thing? And she's like, nah, it's, it's fine. 
you you know, actually, you seem like you were bothered by something. Is what was going on? Yeah, well, actually, you know what? I was too. And then she relays the story about um, Latoya telling her basically, "Listen to the song of your heart and do what it tells you." And then that gets what what Taru was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, basically is going to be resolved in Wataru having this grand revelation about him apparently having become Kiva to protect the people he cares about, which uh, was not an element of the show at all up until this point, so okay. Yeah. At this point uh, in I, my notes, in all caps, I did the X4 reference of what am I fighting for? Yeah. I, I, right, right. I'm like, okay, yes, that is generally a thing in a lot of tokusatsu shows, but that hasn't been a thing in this yeah, show it, up until he, now. He has the direct line, what do I really want to do? But before we can figure that out, we cut back to Nago, who has got Sakaguchi on the ground, finally rips off his button, and this is the best thing ever for Nago. Oh my, he got the button. He got it. He got the put. He gets punched out by Sakaguchi and on, is on his back on the ground, just laughing like, yeah, I got the button. Yeah, and uh, Sakaguchi gets away, too. Yeah, right? no, Sakaguchi runs away. Yeah, so I'm like, what What the fuck are you doing? I thought the idea was you arrest him and get the button. If they didn't get arrested, what the fuck's the point of the button? He's 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 gone psychotic. Yeah, he's a he's an idiot. He's just lying on the ground laughing as he adds the button to his collection. He's worse than crazy. He's an idiot. Yeah. Yep. He goes back to Wataru, who is at home talking to the violin as a uh, pseudo... Basically, putting his dad in the place of the violin. He's like, man, all I really want to do is make violins, but I've been fighting. Like, man, what do I want to do? What? Right. Wataru, you know the answer. You you know it in your heart to be true that you wanted to fight anyway. Yeah, and th- that's what Kavat tells Wataru, and um, and then yeah, Wataru's the- like, "Yeah, you're right, Kavat." It's like, actually, what the fuck is all of this coming from? <laughs> this was not part of these characters' personalities. No, I don't. That's weird. And, I don't know, like, it's, I feel like this is kind of the default assumed thing in a lot of tokusatsu shows, just because it's, that's just, like, the motivation you give, like, a, a kid hero, basically. Yeah. That's their, it's, their standard it's one. A, it's basically, oh, you have to finish growing up. But, um, I thought Kiva wasn't doing that, because it hadn't been part of the characters up until this point, and it's a little... It's pretty disappointing if they're just going to come in this late in the game and be like, oh no, that, that it was just a generic thing. Oh yeah, well, I mean, what, it's Kiva. Uh, so, yeah. I, I can't say, I, I, I don't know. Like, the past section was good, but... And I liked the archery lady, but it was definitely like... This is the weirdest way to tie Wataru into all this. Because Wataru's usually a likable character, but this is just doesn't seem like him. At all. I don't know. I can almost... I I can almost see it. Because, like... The state, I assume, one would be put in after they die and then come back and then get beat up real bad again. Like, he's been having, like, a real (laughs) down streak. So I could see that, like, pushing him towards this side 
where he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to fight and do stuff. Nothing that's, ever good happens when I fight. Yeah, that's pretty plausible. But he, um, I feel like in that case, they should have had him have like some existential angst about like you know the dangers of mortality and all that <laughs> like because if he confronted death and that makes him want to protect other people like i would buy that yeah mm. but they don't do that i'm unsure about like how the actual death part works into it i think we just said he died to be funny he probably didn't he probably i mean oops. they they put him in like a white room and filled it up with roses it was pretty resurrection-y yeah definitely i it's probably just he got injured really bad and then they healed him he didn't actually die <laughs> well it's like the uh, thing he, he it, didn't die like for the... our sins like like kuga though yeah. kuga is still the messiah uh, right. the bloody rose it's starts... the thing though where like you get beat up and then the hero's like i don't know if i can do this anymore and then they're like but you need to do the thing to save the people <sighs> they're like oh and they're yeah like, i'm gonna do the thing okay I, I was thinking about it in one way where maybe, like, Wataru is extremely suggestible. We've just established that as part of his personality. It kind of seems like, if I thought the show was going here, I might just think that um, Kavad is just blowing smoke and, uh, you know, just just uh, just hot air up his ass in order to get him to keep doing this because he's got some ulterior motive. Like, he's just giving him, feeding him whatever he'll latch onto, so that he'll keep fighting monsters as Kiva. Yeah. Which would be interesting, but I'm pretty sure that's not where they're going with this. Yeah, I... I don't know. The Bloody Rose starts going off, so they go run to fight the Fangire, which is... The Sea Star is threatening Mommy again. But she... And this is where Mommy is better than any other member of the wonderful whatever organization. Because he's creeping up on her laughing, and she immediately whips around and starts shooting him with her sport bow. And just, like, gets a chest shot, and then a shoots him through the head. Which, yeah. yeah, it, like, pierces right through his head. And, like, it doesn't work, because, of course it doesn't. Yeah, but... It doesn't make the toku sparks like the whip, like, uh, Megumi's whip does sometimes. But, I, yeah. I feel like that it's still more effective than Megumi's weird gun whip thing. Yeah, it, a little it bit. It does seem visually more effective, yes. The... We get a cut of... And then she doesn't get knocked to the side or anything. Kiva just comes in and saves her. Yeah, this yeah, is pretty yeah. good. She doesn't get murdered or even severely injured. She doesn't get beat up. No, it's just Wataru running, talking about you know I've I've actually always been listening to the voice of my heart, so I'm going to protect people now. Okay, and Kivat yeah. gives a dumb pun of like, oh yeah, I'm Kivitalized. Uh, I'm sure this isn't the first time that Wataru has ever showed up on time for a murder, but uh, it feels like he doesn't show up on time very often. No, not really. <laughs> Uh, so he starts fighting the Sea Star, and the fight's going okay, right up until the but, fact that Kivat sneezes, and apparently that's enough to get Wataru's butt beat badly yeah, enough. Yeah, Kivat's still sick, so let's just summon all of the people. Let's Yeah, let's summon all our weapons at once and combine it into a giant big gathering. Yeah, what and- if everything... The, the monsters are all playing a poker game. Uh, Jiro has a, uh, a flush of clubs. Uh, Fish Guy has a straight flush of hearts. And I think the Frankenstein guy has a royal flush, I believe, of spades. 
So, I don't know. I don't know why they decided to give them, like, card game iconography, but they did. <laughs> no idea. But all three of them come out, go into Kiva, and this is a really, really... I really like this outfit. I really like this form. It's real cool. It's super cool, yeah. His, uh, it is super his cool, left which is arm, why we only ever see it here. His left arm yeah, gets... Kiva Trinity is neat. ...becomes blue and gets the Godudu Saber. His right arm becomes green and gets the gun. And his chest becomes the armored bit of purple. He just starts stalking towards the sea star, who starts shooting with lightning, and it does nothing. Can we talk about the cool water thing? Because yeah. the cool water thing is really cool. Oh yeah, the, the he gets a uh, like a Mario tennis um, attack in the middle of his uh, like yeah, transformation here. He beats up the sea star with the hammer for a little bit, uh, flips him over on top of him, and then yeah does the, hey, I'm going to create a bounded water field and then ski on top of it shooting you with my gun. We're going to do cool stuff. It's really cool. It's real neat. See, the thing is, is, like, this is the sort of, like, fan service character that is just perfect for this sort of thing. Because it, it's a combination of a vampire, a Frankenstein monster, a, wolf, a werewolf, and, like, a, mer- a merman. Fish person. Yeah, fishman. It, I, I'm amazed this isn't, like, a Castlevania monster or something. But I, I'm just like, they're not going to use this again? It's so perfect. It's real good. Okay, okay. So I, so I might have exaggerated the truth the tiniest of bits. It's used again in the Hyper Battle DVD. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Kiva does a does a super special kick, knocks the sea star into the water. We see the Kiva emblem, and then he explodes. I thought the kick was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, it wasn't great. It is it is super anticlimactic, because they, yeah, after they give him all the weapons, and they're like, well, Kavat's kind of out of commission, so he can't do his specials. They didn't do the darkness part. Yeah, they didn't do the, the sky turns dark, he jumps way up high into the sky, upside down, and does a super fall drop gift. He just kind of hops through the air, does a flip. It's, it is It is much more... Uh, it looks like the Kuga Rider kick yeah, it, more than the Kuga no, one. I was going like back to original Common Rider, kind of just oh, basic yeah. jump kick. Hmm, that's true. It's it, it's weird because like I felt like when they were when uh, Kavat was like, "Oh, I'm sick. I can't do the stuff I normally did." I was assuming like, "Oh, he can't do the wake up thing he normally does." Then, but apparently, he can. So, uh, so battle's finished. We get to see mommy who is now. Doing really well in archery. Yep, yeah, she's, she's healed. She nails like three incredibly tight bullseyes in a row. Yep. Uh, Megumi and Wataru are watching over her and it's like, oh, this is great. Oh, and Wataru is thinking, wait, wait, but who I told- wonder who gave her that advice. And then it cuts to the bloody rose and it zooms in on Atoya's picture. Oh, I wonder who it was. Right. And that's, uh... Episode 18. Yep. There was parts that I liked, but it's oh, just yeah. wrapped in Kiva. Yeah. <laughs> How are there still... <sighs> like... Like 30 episodes? Thirty. Yeah. How are there still... Yeah, 30 episodes. Exactly yeah. 30. How are there still 30 episodes of this? Because the what... main plot hasn't shown up yet that's that's what i'm saying is like there are seeds here like they could deal with kavat's ambiguous motivation we have no idea where kiva came from there's a ton of seeds that they could fill up the rest of a show with 
that they just aren't addressing at all. They're probably getting there. Yeah, but like, even when it was doing it in Kuga, where it was still setting up, it was still setting up stuff that was like central to the main plot. Well, I mean, Kuga was like from the very beginning. We're like, we 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 saw our big bad, and we're like, he's out there. That's a thing that's gonna come back. Yeah, and we just even though like when the big bad ultimately showed up, he didn't look anything like that. But you know, I mean, whatever. Besides the point. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I don't know. The thing is, is like, Garrett, you were saying that Megumi's better than the show, and like, I feel like a lot of the characters are better than the show. I mean, that's also true. I just really like Megumi, though. The the setting is interesting. A lot of the characters are interesting. It's just... I don't know. We spend a lot of time with characters who... The characters who I don't like for one and then i don't know just the the plots are not great so you know occasionally we'll get something that i really like but yeah it's pretty inconsistent yeah yeah that's that that is a good word for kiva is inconsistent i feel bad for like these prop like the prop guys for the season cuz like yeah whoever's doing world design and stuff is clearly put in some of the best work of their career. Right. They, they've submitted a masterpiece. And that masterpiece was unfortunately Kamen Rider. <laughs> had to be in Kamen Rider Kiva. Yeah. Yeah, the aesthetic is kind of, like, the best part of the show. Yeah. And I think the actors do a good job of delivering some good work, too. But you That's know. true. Yeah, there's, like, there, there's diamonds in the rough in the show. But... There's just not, like, enough of them so far. No. Right, right. And I get the feel, like, I know, like, some people want to blame it all on the scripting, but I don't think it's all the scripting. Like, some of it's the direction, too. You know. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's there's clearly some problems going on. Yeah. And, unfortunately, since the show was made 11 years ago in Japanese... <laughs> There's not a lot of I don't have a whole lot of access to finding out what those are yeah. to tell our audience. So, yeah, sorry. Oh well. Anyway, uh, this was a podcast on the internet at journeythroughdeckcast.com. I almost said going digital again. I need to stop doing that. Um, anyway, Gary, we need to. You need to let me talk to about Tamers sometime because I started listening to Tamer season. You guys are still like so negative, and you said so bored all the time. Tamers isn't good yet. I so strongly disagree. Uh, I, I, I you just dis- don't like Digimon. Did you have a Digimon podcast and you do not like Digimon? I I do like Digimon though. You definitely don't. I definitely okay. do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. The the Deva stuff's kind of bad, Chris. I'm sorry. There are good episodes of Tamers, but they're I'm not where we are. Podcast and and fix you guys. I don't think you. You know what? I I even told you there was a good Tamers episode that I liked, and you're just ignoring that. I don't know if I got to that episode. The it was the one of the most recent hey, ones. Finish this podcast first. <laughs> no, this is just this is a uh, an Easter egg for for people who listen to both. <laughs> Sorry, Fletch. I mean, you don't have to cut this. This is 
material. <laughs> I guess. Sorry, Fletch. <laughs> Hashtag content. Uh, this is a podcast located on the internet at journeythroughdeckcast.com where there are links to things such as Twitters and iTunes and all of that fun stuff where you can send us emails and all sorts of things like that. And next week, there'll be an episode about Common Rider. Yeah. Are, are we going to record this one while you're here or are we going to record it while you're still in? Good question. We'll figure it out. But hi, everybody. We should do like a special or two since we're going to be hanging out again. We've wanted to do that a few times and we haven't done it yet. That's true. Anyway, um, until next time, we're just a passing through podcast. Remember that. Button!